Welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. Cynthia Hyatt is a Christian psychotherapist specializing in trauma therapy, couples, relationships, and personal development. She is passionate about your life and is here to encourage, teach, and inspire you to be your own best version. Find her online at CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T dot com. Now, with today's fresh insights, Cynthia Hyatt. Well, welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, your host. Thank you for joining me again today. I hope your week is going well. And we did three days of generosity. Are you a generous person? And so today we are going to focus on what we call guaranteed value. And this is a really important concept for, for humans to feel that they are valued. And the most beautiful thing about this is that God guarantees our value. He guarantees our value. Have you ever felt less than, not enough? Do you feel as if you ever, you know, you never meet the expectations of those around you? Or are you constantly, you know, striving, exhausted, always living the, you know, if only then, if I only achieved success, if I got that promotion, if I lost weight, if so-and-so loved me, if I got married, if I owned that car, whatever it may be, then I would feel like I, I have some value, that I measure up. And so I want you to think about this. You are thinking to yourself, I, and I understand because I used to think these thoughts all the time. I still can think them. I, I, I'm very disciplined about not. But I know what that feels like. See, these thoughts haunted me throughout most of my adolescence and, and adult, adult life. And yet all that striving and trying to be, quote unquote, enough, just led me absolutely nowhere. I was on a spinning wheel of trying to measure up to the world system of this value performance oriented behavior. And that, that system requires you to show people who you are and what you can do and what you own and, and how popular or whatever you are to convince them that you are of value. And so we're constantly trying to increase our value. I used to think, you know, I, I have to have the right kind of job. I have to look a certain way. I have to drive the right kind of car, live in the right neighborhood, have the right education. So it's this constant striving. And, and it's looking at the world vertically that the really cool people are at the very top and, and the losers are at the very bottom, whereas God looks at us all horizontally. We are all very different and have different things to offer, but we are of equal value to God. And, and think about the stories that we read yesterday, especially the one about the Samaritan woman. And she was of no value in that culture, no value whatsoever. But Jesus valued her. See, the, these, building these, these, trying to build these illusions and, and making sure that we present who we think people are going to like and hoping that they don't really see behind the curtain who we might really be. It's deceptive because for a while you might feel successful and valued on the outside. But you have to understand what you're doing is, if I feel better than you, then 
that's not necessarily a healthy, godly thing to be thinking. We don't want that competition. I'm in no competition when it comes to you or I as to who is of greater value or worth. Now, we may have different talents and abilities, but like we stated yesterday, every single person was planned by God, created by God, and he says they're beautifully and wonderfully made, regardless of whether the world sees it or not. See, what happens is we feed on these accolades and compliments and measuring sticks of our success, but it's never going to be enough. It's never going to be enough. In fact, it's the opposite. It creates a a deeper sinkhole. The truth of what we call performance-oriented behavior is very much in our culture, and it's if I perform well, then I'll feel good about myself. So I always have to perform. And this, this is part of the heart of perfectionism, which is it just kills people. And it's a trap because it's keep, it keeps genuine fulfillment really just out of your reach. Now, I experienced some outward success in my younger years, but struggled, ended up struggling with a lot of stress and disillusionment because the fruits of my performance were in behavior though nicely dressed up with all kinds of trappings of success, were not fulfilling. And I was always afraid that someone would find out who I really was because inside I didn't feel like I measured up. So because the more that I tried to create this illusion of who I thought the world would accept, the worse I felt about myself and the more afraid I was that people would know me and they would know that I really wasn't that person. And I had all kinds of anxiety, compulsive feelings, impulsive feelings. I I felt very lost, very far away from my purpose. And I had finally reached the end of my own abilities. I stepped off that spinning wheel and took one step back to God. I had been running from him for a very long time, and so I offered my life, not even sure if it was worth anything to him anymore, if he really wanted it. This was at the very end of my college career. Um, God had, had said to me at the end of college, I really want your life, Cynthia. And I actually, this is quite embarrassing, I have to tell you, but I'm a lot older now than I was then. And I actually said to God, mm, I think I got a pretty good gig, and I think you're going to like it anyways. I think you're going to like my plan. And God's like, knock yourself out. <laughs> right? Well, a year later... I'm like, okay, God, um, you know, you asked for my life. It's really a mess now. Do you still want it? I felt so small. It was messy. I was imperfect. I, was, I felt unworthy. And I had really messed up my life and purpose with my own efforts. And I couldn't comprehend that it was me that was of enormous value to God. I couldn't believe it. I didn't know how to even take it in. And the moment I realized my value is when everything changed. It turned my world upside down. And this is one of those things I just simply asked God for help. I said, I can't even comprehend that. I feel so lousy about myself that I can't even comprehend why you would even want me or my life. And as I began to comprehend my own value, I came to understand how God thought about me. He chose to create me. He chose to create you. And Psalms 139 shows that choice. 
And one, one of the biggest components is love. It's easy to feel love, to choose love. It's a choice to receive it. So from love comes the subsequent valuing of something or someone. God thought about us, wanted us, chose us, and acted upon that choice. And he's never changed his mind. There is great value in this understanding. The valuing of something is always indicative of effort, time, and sacrifice. The price applied, the belonging to, to be sought out and acquired. See, what establishes value? The owner of something, right? I value my car, I own my car, I own my home. I own my pet. They are of great value to me. The creator, whoever creates something, establishes value. Whoever purchases something establishes value. And whoever is committed to something, that establishes value. So God is in all of that. He's the owner. He owns your life if you've given it to him. You gave him your life. He says, thank you. I wanted your life. I'll do abundantly great things through it. He created me. He created you. He purchased us with a very high price. And he's extremely committed to his creation. See, there's an there's a even greater truth about his love. And that is that not only do you have value, but he guarantees it. Because value truly, the one that is valued, really can't earn it and it can't be revoked. Because the words guaranteed and value touch on the idea that humans have two very important emotional psychological needs. To feel they are important, special, that they have worth, that's value. And to be able to depend on those feelings as true, that's guaranteed. This is why God reiterates over and over and over again throughout the Bible how very valuable we are, that we have great worth. And furthermore, that we can believe this with complete confidence. Now, on the contrary, our world establishes value based on what you do, who you are, how you look, what you own, how much money you have, and that value can fluctuate as easily as the stock market. God's economy doesn't work that way. He created us and knew before the beginning of time what purpose he had for us. Willing to put in the effort to bring his vision to completion, to commit the process. We know there's a diamond in the rough of great value. He sees that diamond in the rough and he's not depending on us to ensure our own value. He wants us to value ourselves because he values us greatly. The creator, the purchaser, the committed one determines the value of the object. And so when we look at Philippians 1.6, it says, He who began a good work in you will carry it out to completion. What a relief. We can relax and simply follow him, trusting that he will complete the good work in us. There's no striving. We're not human doings. We're human beings. And we are to be and to rest in him. When we really begin to understand who establishes value 
our God, our Creator, then we know nothing else matters as far as that truth. Our, our value is intrinsic. It doesn't come from anything we can do or create. It originates from our Creator. We are made in the image of God. This instills value in and of itself. God laid his life down, made great sacrifices because of our great value. The enemy wants to steal your value, which it cannot be stolen. You can feel like you don't have value. But remember our saying, feelings are very real, but not always true. I can feel like I have no value. That doesn't make it true. But the feeling can be very real. Let's look at this analogy. I love the analogy of the $100 bill. So let's say if I were to crumple up a $100 bill, it's all crumpled up, would you take it? Of course. What if I gave you a $100 bill that had been in a parking lot, stepped on, stuck with somebody's chewing gum? Would you take it? It's $100. So what if that same $100 bill was in a dumpster? Like, let's say you're at the gas station and down in the trash can you see someone dropped a $100 bill. Would you pull it out? Would you search for it if you knew it was down in there? What if you lost it in there? Would you go, go, would you go through the trash searching for the $100 bill? Of course you would. I'd put plastic gloves on and I'd get busy looking, right? Because no matter where that $100 bill has been, no matter what filth it has on it, no matter how old it is or crumpled up it is, it's still worth $100. See, the more used that $100 is, it doesn't lose a dollar every time it's used. It's always $100. This is the truth of our value to God. Like the $100 bill... We can't do anything to decrease it or increase it. We have guaranteed value because the creator of the universe values us, even if no one else is able to see it at any given time. It doesn't depend on us. It doesn't depend on people. They can't give me value or take value. I can sometimes feel devalued if they're treating me poorly, but that's like crumpling up a $100 bill. That's like not respecting that, that, that money. But it's still worth $100. We can rest on this fact that he values us, and therefore we are valued. It's guaranteed. So though we sin, our mistakes and our blunders are seen through the eyes of love, attachment and belonging. Our sin, though grievous to God, because he knows what consequences occur. That it har sin harms us. But it isn't reflective of our value. Our own authenticity or why we were made. Our sin does not decrease our value. It may decrease how much we like our life. It may decrease how much we enjoy our life. It may get in the way of my calling but it cannot decrease my value. Think of the $100 bill again. Even if it had been used to purchase drugs or some other nefarious purpose, 
the transaction that it was used in doesn't devalue the $100 bill. It's simply not being used for its highest, greatest good. It's the same with us and our value when we stumble. Our sin does not affect our value or his love for us. It only increases his sorrow. Because our life is compromised. It's like the $100 bill being used to pay for a prostitute versus the $100 bill being given to the Salvation Army. It's still $100. But one is of good for good, and the other is for evil. So however, however you are used does not increase or decrease your value. If you ever question your value, and we, all, and we all do, please know that at your worst, Christ died for you. Before you even knew you needed him, before you even knew he wanted you, he valued you. God knows every single human that has ever been created, down to the cellular level. But it's mind-boggling to me. So when Christ died on the cross 2,100 years ago, 2,000 years, whatever that was, he knew he was dying for you, and he saw every moment of your life, every mistake, every sin, every blunder, every evil thought, evil deed, every single thing you did, good, bad, or indifferent, and he died for you. That's what's so amazing about God and his knowledge and awareness of his creation. He knows everyone. So it wasn't like Jesus was hanging on the cross and didn't know who he was dying for. He just knew he was dying for whoever else was going to be created. He still had the mind of God. So Romans chapter 5 verse 8 says, But God demonstrates his own love for us in this while we were still sinners. Christ died for us. I mean, maybe we should say, not necessarily while we were still sinners, but as sinners, Christ died for us. Because that Philippians 1.6 says that he will complete the good work in you until the day of Christ Jesus. You can be confident of that. He will not abandon the work of his hands. So even when we are at our worst and absolute, have absolutely nothing to offer in terms of the world's version of value, we were valued before the world ever saw our value or acknowledged our value. And they may never acknowledge our value. But we were valued the day we were created and we will be valued on the day we pass. And we are valued every day in between. We were valued just as a sunken treasure or, or someone searching for gold. He knows the value and works relentlessly to show its true value. Isn't that amazing? He sees the sunken treasure in you. He sees the gold mine. 
And he will continue that work relentlessly because he wants the world to see your value. He wants you to see and experience your value, not just know it in your head, but truly experience it. So this truth about guaranteed value is so revolutionary and so counterculture. It is utterly inconceivable to our human minds that someone would love us in that state. But to die for us? That's unimaginable. Unimaginable. Even in my darkest hour, when I felt I had absolutely nothing to offer God, God scooped me up and called me valued. He took all my plans, all my missteps, all my striving, and redeemed me with his love. He showed me that I was his child, bought and paid for with the sacrifice of his son. I didn't need to do anything to earn his love because I was his child. I had intrinsic value. God was and is enough. I was and I am good enough. That's what he says to me. Now, I'm honestly, I I have many times, moments or days if I don't feel that way. Maybe I'm not proud of myself. I don't like how I handled something or I'm, I'm working on something and I'm still trying to overcome a certain area in my life or something like that. And so sometimes the enemy, if I get really tired, can come in and, you know, like a flood and really start just assailing me, assaulting me with judgment and condemnation. And I have to go back to just that little analogy of the diamond in the rough, the $100 bill. How many, I mean, have you ever seen diamonds in the rough? I wouldn't even recognize that it was a diamond. But the jeweler has an eye that sees and knows how to cut it perfectly so that it shows its brilliance when the light shines on it. That's what God is doing with us. God wants us to move the knowledge of his love from our heads to our hearts so that we assimilate it into our identity. If the intellectual truth becomes integrated into our hearts, then we can access it now. It makes sense. When it comes to my value, I need to simply accept it the same way I accepted Christ. This is what I want. This is the takeaway for today. I want you to realize and accept you cannot regain what you haven't lost. You cannot regain what you have not lost. You can't lose your value. Think of, think of what we do for people that, that are, are, are dying and, and you know, we're trying to figure out how to keep them alive. And even if they don't seem to have any merit to the world, they can't see, they can't walk, they can't talk, whatever it is they can't do. We value them because they're humans. Just like if, if we had a, you know, a criminal dying in a burning building, we'd still go in and save him. Then we put him in jail, right? But he's human. You are of great value. I want you to take, take that away with you today and remind yourself that you are of great value, whether the world sees it or acknowledges it. 
So God bless you today, and we'll talk again tomorrow. Have a great day. I'm praying for you, and remember God loves you completely, deeply. Have a wonderful day. To hear today's program again or to share it with someone else, please go online, CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. Conversations with Cynthia is heard daily at 3 p.m. and 12 noon every Sunday on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ. Follow Cynthia on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn at Cynthia Hyatt. Until next time, remember... Be your own best version. Yeah.